Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now for your host, Dan Mater. Hello and welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and I'm with the MD's Fantasy Football Show, and we have a great episode in store for you guys today. We have the Week 13 preview for the Thanksgiving Thursday games, which there are three of, and of course, we'll be going over the early Sunday afternoon games. And I know this is a late night edition, but the audio version, if you guys are listening to that or will listen to that later, will be available to you guys early Thursday morning. But we are here in the home studios, which means we are live on sportscaster.com right now. You can always check it out at MDFF, Belly Up USN, anytime that you want to, anytime that we're streaming live. And this episode will be fully available to you on the audio version, on Pinecast, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you like to go, the MD's Fantasy Football Show is widely available to you. And as you're going through the holidays, you need to know updates what are the player practice reports going to be while you're sitting there eating your Thanksgiving turkey dinners. We will be active for you guys, making sure you are up to date, making sure you are making the right decisions in your lineups. Make sure you're following us along on Twitter at MDSFFshow, or you can contact us on Facebook at MDFFshow, or always check out the new updated rankings. Yes, they are up already a day early, just ahead of your guys' holidays on the website, www.mdffshow.com, where you can also contact us through email as well. All those things will be available to you throughout the week. And of course, we will be back on Friday with our preview show for the rest of the games for week 13, the Sunday, late Sunday afternoon games, the Sunday night, and the Monday night game. 
We're here. We're working through the holiday and going overtime for you guys. So with no further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. We don't really have a latest news segment to get into, so we can jump right into the first preview matchup that we want to get into here. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. And that's, of course, is going to be the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions in this one. So let's start off with the Detroit Lions side of the ball as we had some injury news that we have to get to, which is Jeff Driscoll is not expected to be active in this game, or should I say not expected to be starting. He actually may be active as an emergency backup, but nothing more. David Blau is actually going to be the starting quarterback. Now, what does that mean fantasy-wise? I think it means what everyone can pretty much deduce that it would mean, which is you can't trust any of the Detroit Lions players. You can't play Kenny Galladay. You can't play Marvin Jones. You can't play Bo Scarborough. Because all the Bears are going to be able to do now is line up 10 guys in the box and dare their third string quarterback to attack them through the air. Look, we don't know anything about David Blau. That, that's, that's the God's honest truth at this point. Nobody knows anything about this guy coming in. So maybe he surprises, but I'm not going to take that chance against Chicago on a Thursday night game, or a Thursday afternoon game, I should say, when we have other options that should be available to you. I know Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. have been high-end wide receiver threes. In Kenny Galladay's case, until Stafford got hurt, was really a high-end wide receiver two for most of the season. And while Chicago can be taken advantage of on the ground, I don't believe that they are going to be able to have enough room for Bo Scarborough to be able to do damage without carrying the ball at least 30 times in this game. And that could be the game plan. But even then, it's not something you need to trust. So there's nobody in the Detroit Lions that you can trust as a result with no Jeff Driscoll and David Blau as a starting quarterback. There are better options out there. On the Bears side of the ball, no real injuries to take note of in this one. No fantasy major impactful relevant injuries anyway. The biggest thing that we have here is that David Montgomery should get a lot of work. Look, it sets up perfectly, right? The defense of the Bears can dominate the offense of the Detroit Lions, especially given their predicament that they're in at the quarterback position. David Montgomery should be in a position to get 18 to 20 carries. Is it trustworthy? No, because Matt Nagy clearly has shown he does not remember when he's supposed to run the football. That's plain and simple. But in a game in which should be a pro game script for all four quarters, the Bears should control this matchup. There is no reason in my mind to think that David Montgomery won't find his way back to 20 carries. And this is a plus matchup for him to be in. So as long as he is able to accomplish that feat, which he should, I think David Montgomery is somebody who belongs in your flex this week. Now, we're talking more standard leagues than half point or full point PPR, of course, because he's still not involved in the passing game enough. But he is somebody who I do believe, even though he's been a disappointment, should be an RB3. Tariq Cohen is nothing more than a desperate flex play in a full-point PPR league. Because again, this is not a game script that requires Tariq Cohen services. And as long as that remains the case, I don't think you can trust them. Volume is the name of the game for him in the passing game. If it's not going to be there, I don't know what you can expect out of Tariq Cohen on a week-to-week basis. And in this game, 
He shouldn't be needed. I don't love Allen Robinson this week either. Darius Slay is going to be shadowing him all over the place between that and the way Mitchell Trubisky has played as of late. I don't see how there's any shape, way, or form that you would actually be able to trust to play Allen Robinson in Week 13, the last game of the regular season, when you need to make the playoffs. There's no way. So Allen Robinson's also somebody who I would stay away from if at all possible. If at all possible. Our next game up that we're going to talk about is the Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, it's just going to be just after the game between the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions tomorrow. And in this matchup, it's going to be a hard one. It's going to be a hard one because these are two good defenses that match up really well against these offenses. Devin Singletary against the Dallas Cowboys defense is not an easy matchup. But here's what I will say. He's by far the best weapon that they have. The Cowboys defense, as of late, if you take away the Patriot ugly weather type of game, have been a little more susceptible to good running teams. We know it's what the Bills want to do, and this game should stay close. These are two pretty evenly matched teams as well. Devin Singletary has been the lead guy, and most importantly, you're talking about a guy who's been the lead guy in the passing game. That is the number one reason why Devin Singletary maintains his flex value week in and week out. Even with Frank Gore getting a healthy work share alongside with him. I think Devin Singletary has to be played as a flex play this week. Plain and simple. Has to be. He's going to be their main weapon against this Dallas Cowboy defense, which has been stingy against passing games and a tough match against John Brown. Remember, last week, Brown, he did come through for you. He did score. But it wasn't pretty. He still only had two catches at the end of the day. So this is something I think you have to take in consideration. I think John Brown is still going to be a wide receiver three type of play just because he has found ways to get it done in tough matchups so far this season because the volume share is there. He has a floor as a result. But this is a tough matchup. And I wouldn't play him based on the idea that I'm going to get upside. That's the main difference here. But both should be flex plays. Josh Allen, a low-end streaming option to me. This is not a week that I would be gung-ho to go ahead and play him and try to chase that floor. But because he has that rushing ability, he always has a floor. And therefore, he is still a streaming option at the quarterback position. But nothing more. On the Cowboys' side of the ball, it's hard not to play Dak Prescott, who has been a QB1. But this is going to be a tough matchup. It's hard not to play Amari Cooper, who has been a wide receiver one. But again, this is going to be a tough matchup. Now here's the silver lining for both Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup in this matchup. The Bills don't shadow. So between Jadavius White, they will both play him probably roughly 50% of the time if the Cowboys move the receivers around, which they should. The other silver lining is, especially with Amari Cooper... He is as healthy as he's been. He's off the injury report altogether. So he's as healthy as he has been going into a game. He's due to bounce back. This is a guy who will have a couple of dud games, but then bounce back in a big way, big time for this team at any given moment. And it could be this week, even in a tough matchup. Now, I'm not, I'm not expecting a huge ceiling. You can't. And Michael Gallup is nothing more than a low-end wide receiver three, especially in this tough matchup, maybe even more so of a high-end wide receiver four. Play the matchups accordingly. But Amari Cooper has to be in your starting lineups. Dak Prescott has to be in your starting lineups. I'm skipping over Ezekiel Elliott here because, well, frankly, 
That goes without saying. He's an RB1. But Gallup is somebody who I would stay away from if you possibly can. Randall Cobb, I know he's been on fire. But you can't trust the volume that is Randall Cobb right now. Yes, he's had two couple good weeks in a row. But that's it. And up until this point, he hadn't been much of a factor. So you can't trust Randall Cobb this week either. Moving on to the Thursday night game, you have the New Orleans Saints, you have the Atlanta Falcons, and in this matchup here, it's pretty clear, cut, and dry who you're playing. Drew Brees, obviously. Alvin Kamara, obviously. Michael Thomas, obviously. Latavius Murray has flex appeal here, especially in standard leagues. This is a guy that I expect to get somewhere between 8 and 12 carries this week. He's a guy who has the possibility of being able to score, especially in a matchup against the Atlanta Falcons, which should be a plus matchup for him as they came back down the earth on their defense last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I expect the Saints to not take them for granted and to make a point in this game to dominate. That's what I expect. And therefore, all of these guys are are fantasy-worthy plays this week, with Latavius being a low-end flex option, depending upon what you need at your rosters. On the Atlanta Falcons side of the ball, Julio Jones is questionable and considered to be a game-time decision heading into tomorrow night. So make sure you're following me on Twitter, at MDSFFshow. Make sure you have those notifications up online, because you're going to have to know exactly what is going on with him, especially since it's so early on in the week. The expectation as of now is that he is leaning towards being able to play. That's the expectation. We know Devonta Freeman is back this week. He is good to go. He is definitely going to start. And it couldn't come any sooner because the backfield, the runners behind him on that depth chart are absolutely pathetic, which is why I expect him to have his workhorse roll back or at least be involved in the passing game. I think if you're talking PPR leagues, he does have a safe floor in the passing game going into this matchup. Now, if you're talking standard, no, not so much. The odds of him getting 100 yards from scrimmage, the odds of him scoring a touchdown are slim against this Saints defense. But enough volume should head his way where he should be a guy you can go to in PPR leagues. Now, as far as Calvin Ridley goes, you play him. He's the one guy who has the big mismatch on this, especially if Julio Jones misses in this one. He is the guy that I think will have the best production in this game. The Saints have done a really good job, even without Marshawn Lattimore, to be able to limit the number one wide receivers of the opponents, and I expect that to be the same here. So while you have to play Julio Jones if you have him and he's active, of course, Calvin Ridley, I think there's a very good chance that he's in line for another good week for the third game in a row. Outside of that, Russell Gage, I like the volume for this guy. They're not throwing it to him down the field too much, which is a little bit disappointing at times, but because he is so worked in, because he is the third pass catching option on an offense that has to throw the ball all the time, he has a floor that you can sink your teeth into and play. He's a sneaky little play. He's a wide receiver four still. He hasn't quite made his way into that wide receiver three category, but he has the potential to do so because of the role that lays in front of him. So he's somebody who I'm looking at, if need be. I'm playing Matt Ryan. I know he had a disappointing game last week against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but this is another week where they are going to have to put up points, where they are probably going to be down from behind pretty early in this game. So Matt Ryan has a safe floor just due to volume, due to the weapons that he has. There's no reason to sour on him now. Austin Hooper will not play in this game. Just so you guys are aware, not that we here at MD Nation at the MD's Fantasy Football Show really expected him to be able to do. And we don't expect him to be able to come back next week either. The week after that is when we will start to question. The week after that is when we start to keep our eyes on the practice report for a possible Austin Hooper return. But at that point, the Falcons may look to start shutting down some guys too. We don't know. 
So let's get into our first Sunday game. The Jets, the Cincinnati Bengals. How exciting. How delicious. Ugh. Look, this is one of those games you got to talk about because of the fantasy purposes. So fine. Sam Darnold, streaming ability? Absolutely. Going up against Cincinnati Bengals, obviously it's a plus matchup, number one. Number two, I think it actually helps Sam Darnold that Andy Dalton is going to play. And the reason why I say that is because Andy Dalton will keep the Cincinnati offense competent enough to make it have to be a four-quarter struggle for the Jets in this game. This is going to be a close game. And I actually think that there's a somewhat decent chance there's a decent amount of points scored in this game as well. And as long as Andy Dalton is playing, which he is, I think Sam Darnold's going to have to stay aggressive. They're not just going to be able to run the football with Le'Veon Bell, who has, of course, one of the greatest matchups you can have right now as a running back heading into this week. But consistently against plus matchups, especially for the last almost month and a half at this point, hasn't really been able to take advantage of it too much. He's had a safe floor because of the volume that he's had, but the production hasn't been through the roof. In fact, he still hasn't rushed for over 100 yards in a game. Maybe that changes here against the Cincinnati Bengals, but the biggest thing is that Sam Darnold is streamable. Obviously, you're playing Le'Veon Bell as a high-end RB2, and I'm still sticking with Jamison Crowder. Yes, I know, Crowder didn't have a great game last week. I know Robbie Anderson looked like, hey, you know what? Maybe he's back. Maybe he's getting the production. No. No, he's not. Stay away from Robbie Anderson. Stay away from Demarius Thomas. Jamison Crowder is the consistent wide receiver that you can count on from a week-to-week basis to actually play and have his role and be able to contribute. And he is somebody who I like for PPR leagues. He is somebody who I consider to be a wide receiver three in PPR leagues. And that's where I like him the most. But even in standard half-point PPR leagues, he has a decent floor. This is a guy who, outside of last week, had been consistently getting between 70 to 80 yards in every game that Sam Darnold has started this season. I expect that to continue. Especially in this match against the Cincinnati Bengals, who are decent against the outside wide receivers, but get lit up in the middle of the field by the slot guys. That also brings me to Ryan Griffin. One of the top streaming tight ends, has been one of the top streaming tight ends, was on my waiver wire report because he's a guy who's still only 44% owned. This is a guy who has an excellent opportunity to have either a big game or at the very least score a touchdown for you in this matchup. And that's why Ryan Griffin should definitely be owned and be playing in all of your fantasy leagues. On the Bengals side of the ball, Andy Dalton is a low-end streaming quarterback. He is. He absolutely is. In a matchup against the Jets... A plus matchup here, as long as he has Tyler Boyd, as long as he has Joe Mixon, as long as he has Auden Tate, which he does have all three of these guys ready to go, he is a streamable quarterback based on the volume that we can expect him to see. Remember, when he was in the game, they were throwing it 40 plus times pretty consistently. Now, I know that means that Joe Mixon, maybe his touches go down, and they will. And this isn't a great matchup necessarily for running backs either, but Here's the thing. I think they're going to have a little bit more of a balance than what we saw with what they did with Andy Dalton earlier in the season. For the simple fact that they have to, but for the other fact that Joe Mixon had been playing a lot better. And I don't think you want to trample on that. Look, if you're Zach Taylor, you're trying to find things to build on for the future. Joe Mixon might be your future right now. And you want to make sure you're putting him in a situation to be able to produce and gain confidence in your coaching leadership moving forward. And schematically wise, it hasn't been very impressive. So in order to get right that ship, in order to make sure that you're building momentum in that department, you're going to have to make sure you keep giving him your opportunities, which means 
there's going to have to be more of a balance between Joe Mixon and Andy Dalton. Tyler Boyd is a wide receiver three. And it doesn't matter what scoring format that you're talking about him in. Going up against the Jets, they're terrible against the slot wide receivers. He finally had a good game last week with Ryan Finley. I expect Andy Dalton to go to him. He's going to have a safe floor. This is a guy who's getting six catches for 60 to 70 yards almost every week under Andy Dalton. You can go back to that. Will he have a big week for you? Maybe, maybe not. But you can definitely count on him having a certain level of floor that you can play, making him a wide receiver three this week against the New York Jets with Andy Dalton back in the lineup. Next game to talk about, Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts. First news, Delaney Walker on the IR. Hopefully this is not the end of his career, but we cannot know that for sure. And as of right now, that means Janu Smith will be the starting tight end for the rest of the season. But before you get too excited about having another tight end to be able to pick up and stream and possibly have be useful for you, I've been pretty much bashing on Janu Smith all season long. For the simple fact that he had the one big game, everyone got all excited, and I kept saying he's Jared Cook, where he has impressive athletic ability, but has no consistency, no fundamentals to his game. And as a result, he's a guy who can have one big game for you and do nothing the rest of the season. And that's what's happened. Delaney Walker's been out for a long time, guys. Janu Smith has only had one top 10 tight end performance in that time. That's it. This is not somebody who's a must play. This is not somebody who's a must stream for you. The only person, and I'll keep saying it, that is really truly fantasy relevant for the Tennessee Titans is Derrick Henry. I will add one more. Ryan Tannehill is a low streaming option. I don't love it. And we're going into the fantasy playoffs. So I'm in a situation where I have to really ask myself, am I going to be playing Ryan Tannehill in my fantasy playoff matchup and trusting that he's going to come through for me? The answer to that is probably most likely no. But the rushing has been there. He's had a floor. He has a really good matchups, a really good schedule the rest of the way in the playoffs. And that's the key part here. This is a team looking to stay on top of the division, looking to fight for the top of that division. It's going to be a horse race. They're going to stay aggressive. He's going to run. He's going to play. I can't believe I'm saying it, but he is a low-end streaming option, even though I don't like it. But Derrick Henry's who I want to ride and die with here. A.J. Brown, he's a big play or bust. Corey Davis is, frankly, at this point, non-existent. So move on from the Tennessee Titans, if you can, that are not named Derrick Henry. On the Colts side of the ball, Jacoby Brissett, he's not a streaming option for you this week against a tough defense and a game in which we don't know if T.Y. Hilton's going to play. He's questionable. He practiced in a limited capacity today, but even him himself keeps pretty much stating over and over and over again that he does not know if his calf is going to be ready to go. And even if he does go, we know that he will not be anywhere near 100%. So that affects Jacoby Brissett, who's not streamable, but it also puts a damper on everything because as long as he's out there, He's looked at as the number one wide receiver. But as we saw against the Houston Texans, Zach Pascoe went for nothing. There's not a second. The Colts are back to not having a second wide receiver that they can trust on a week-in, week-out basis. Now, Eric Ebron on the IR. That makes Jack Doyle a high-end streaming option at the tight end position. So if you haven't gone and picked him up, you need to do so. This is somebody who, when he's by himself, could be looking at six to eight targets a game because Jacoby Brissett does go to the tight end position. The problem was that him and Eric Ebron were splitting so many touches that it led to issues with which one to trust on a week-in, week-out basis. But now that Eric Ebron's gone, 
All of a sudden, Jack Doyle is staring down the barrel. And for before you guys say Mo Alley Cox, they've done nothing to show that they are ready to give Mo Alley Cox a significant amount of playing time. Not yet. So until they actually do, we have to consider Jack Doyle a high-end streaming tight end option who has a safe floor for you, even in this game against Tennessee Titans. As far as running back position goes, we know what to expect. Jonathan Williams. Jordan Wilkins may be a little bit more healthy than he was last Thursday. It may have been a situation where they just activated him due to the lack of depth that they had behind Jonathan Williams at the position, and he wasn't really healthy enough to play, and that's why they didn't play him. Maybe that's the case. I'm willing to bet that after two weeks of very good production out of Jonathan Williams in Marlon Mackstead, a guy who actually was worked in a little bit in the passing game as well, too, more so than Marlon Mack ever was, I have to believe he has earned the right for them to keep going back to him. Now, while the Tennessee Titans on paper are not a great matchup, we did just see what Leonard Fournette was able to do to these guys. We did just see what he could do on a high number of touches, which is what we expect out of Jonathan Williams. This Colts team is going to continue to run the ball at a high clip and take as much pressure off Jacoby Brissett and the lack of weapons that he has with a non-healthy T.Y. Hilton, whether he's on the field or not, and continue to see them play down that way. And that's why I expect Jonathan Williams to be a low-end RB2 this week, even in a tough matchup, because the volume will be there. He will have the opportunity to score, and he'll still have a chance to go over 100 yards. As far as Naeem Hines goes, he's still not involved enough, even with Jonathan Williams, because Jonathan Williams actually has gotten a few catches here over the past couple of weeks. Naeem Hines is not squarely so involved in the passing game that he's a flex option in PPR leagues like a lot of people thought he might be. He's not. He doesn't have a safe floor. And being that we're going into a week that does not have bye weeks, I truly believe there must be better options out there for you or already on your team. Next game to talk about here is the Oakland Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is going to be a big AFC West matchup, a big divisional rivalry. And what do we have for it? You have to play Josh Jacobs. I know. I know. He only had 10 carries last week. It does not matter. Everything that you saw the Raiders do or pretty much not do against the Jets last week, crumple it up, throw it out in your mind. It is one of those games that you just hit the delete button on that doesn't really mean anything when it comes to how good your team is or how well you can expect to play from here on out. Josh Jacobs is a must-start. He is a high-end RB2, and he has the best matchup possible because running the football is what the Raiders are going to have to do against the Chiefs for two reasons. One, it's the most effective thing you can do against the Chiefs' defense, but two, they help keep that offense off the field, which the Raiders desperately need to do because if they don't, the Chiefs will light them up. So I expect Josh Jacobs to be heavily involved in this game plan. You could play Tyrell Williams as a low-end wide receiver three. You play Darren Waller as a tight end one. Hunter Renfro is done. He's gone. He's probably out for the rest of the season. All of a sudden, Darren Waller, I expect him to, to snap back up. I expect him to get back up in that top five territory or at least compete for it. Why? Think about earlier in the season. Think about when Darren Waller was getting targeted was getting his volume that he was getting earlier on in the season what were they not doing they weren't targeting hunter renfro 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Now that he's gone and out of the rotation, all those targets that were in the middle of the field now go back to Darren Waller. So all of a sudden, a guy who is not getting targeted very much, all of a sudden was finding himself the odd man out in the game plan, gets heavily involved back in in this week, and it's a plus matchup for him against Kansas City Chiefs, who are not very good against the tight end position. Darren Waller is a must-play. And you don't have to think twice about it. I'm not streaming Derek Carr. I'm not doing it. No. You can't trust him. The second you plug and play him in your lineup and expect to have a decent floor out of him is the game that he goes for 10 points. He doesn't take enough shots down the field. He's still Mr. Conservative. You cannot trust Derek Carr. You have to stay away. Let someone else make that mistake in streaming him against the Kansas City Chiefs, thinking that it's a plus matchup. On the Chiefs' side of the ball, pretty straightforward. Obviously, you got Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, you have Tyreek Hill. Obviously, you have Travis Kelsey. If you have Sammy Watkins and you need a home run flyer flex play, this is the week. If he cannot do it against the Oakland Raiders, Sammy Watkins is 100% unequivocally droppable because they do not have a good schedule the rest of the way. And if he continues to only run these short intermediate routes and they do not, they do not use him deep, do not, allow, do not allow him to take shots down the field, he's just not going to have that much value. Now, I know what you're thinking. When they, had the, when they had the bye game in the Monday night game two weeks ago, he only had two catches. Before that, though, keep in mind, this is a guy who had been seeing between seven and nine targets every single week. This is the guy who had been getting about five receptions every single week. The bad news was that he wasn't scoring since week one. He wasn't getting the yardage since week one. That's been the issue. If that changes, hope, what we're hoping is that he's more healthy coming out of the bye week because we don't know if that hamstring issue has been still bothering him, which maybe is why he's been running a lot more short and intermediate routes. But also in the bye week, realize that, hey, you know what? Sammy Watkins can go deep too. Sammy Watkins can be a play, big play too. And if you're going to continue to start him as your number two wide receiver, they have to start using him in more of those types of ways and running more of a full wide receiver tree. That's what we need to see. We'll see what winds up happening, but if you need a home run flyer, I think Sammy Watkins can be that, but only if you have to take the top off because he's not going to have a very safe floor. As far as the running back position goes, we do not expect Damian Williams back this week. He's not practicing yet. With the rib injury, we don't expect him back yet. In his stead, expect LaShawn McCoy to be the main rusher. I stress rusher. I still believe that Daryl Williams will be the main pass catcher and be worked in that way and also get some carries in his own right. But the guy who I expect to have the most carries after this game is over on the Chiefs' side of the ball is LaShawn McCoy. Do with that what you will. 
to me, it makes him a very low-end flex play because this is a plus matchup against the Oakland Raiders. He does have a decent chance to score if put in that position, which we expect him to be so. But a low-end flex play because he definitely has a low floor. We know that A, he could get hurt. B, he could fumble again and find himself in the doghouse. Or C, coming out of the bye week, maybe they decided Darrell Williams does actually deserve a bigger role. But as of right now, that is not the information we have been handed. The information we've been handed is that LaShawn McCoy will be the starting running back and be the main rusher while Damian Williams is out. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at UnwrappedSports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. For our next game up, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Miami Dolphins. This is a game for the Eagles to get right. We saw the Browns get right last week. This is that week. Alshon Jeffrey's expected back. That's number one. So right away, Carson Wentz has Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz finally, which means he's in a situation against the Miami Dolphins that he has a real chance to finish inside the top 10 of quarterbacks for this matchup. And I expect him to do so. I do. I expect... Carson Wentz to be in the top 10. You can go ahead and play him as such. Jordan Howard still not cleared for contact. And at this point, we don't know when he will be. We do not expect him to play this week. Not right now. As a result, while Jay Ajayi will have his little role, Miles Sanders will be once again the lead back. And against the Miami Dolphins, I expect him to have a good solid week. Between the fact that he will be catching the ball and be more of a three-down back, the only thing you have to be worried about is do they allow him to get the goal line carries or do they bring Jay Ajayi in for that part of the offense? That would be the only thing I would be worried about. But as far as the, the volume goes, as far as the matchup goes, Miles Sanders is an RB2 this week. He is. He makes the jump for one week only from being just a flex play. Alshon Jeffrey, he's a high-end wide receiver three. Dare I say it, a low-end wide receiver two against the Miami Dolphins. A guy that Carson Wentz has been missing tremendously, looking for an outside wide receiver that he can actually trust, and that guy is Alshon Jeffrey. I expect him to get volume in this game. I expect him to be worked in. I expect him to score in this game, which is why he's a high-end wide receiver three for me. Zach Ertz, of course you're playing Zach Ertz. He actually has been on fire for the past few weeks against the Miami Dolphins. There's no reason he doesn't finish inside the top five at the tight end position. For the Dolphins side of the ball, there's only one guy you play, and that's Devontae Parker. And there's a plus match against the Eagles, but even if it wasn't, the volume is there where even in tougher matchups, he has been performing week in and week out. Devontae Parker is a must play. He is a wide receiver too at this point. With the consistency that he has shown, with the target volume that he promises to give you, he is a wide receiver too at this point. Next game up that we want to talk about, the Green Bay Packers, the New York Giants. Now in this matchup here, play Aaron Rodgers. I know, I know he's been super disappointing. I get it. I own Rodgers in a couple of leagues. You play him against the New York Giants. We're talking about the Miami Dolphins being a great team for defenses, for offenses to get right against. This, the Giants are in the same mold. They have no secondary, no real pass rush. I expect Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, for that matter, to get back on track in this game. 
Obviously, Aaron Jones is a high-end RB2. While his volume has been cut short between Devontae Adams returning, so his targets have been cut down, and Jamal Williams being annoyingly involved in the offense to an extent that he should not be, but unfortunately is, we know he's had kind of a low floor as of late. But against the New York Giants, it's a plus matchup. I expect him to score in this game. Obviously, Aaron Jones has to be an RB2 for you this week. The piggyback off of that, though, Jamal Williams is definitely unequivocally a flex play for you, especially if you're in PPR leagues. This guy has actually been the second most targeted pass catcher over the past month that's not named Devontae Adams. I expect that to continue against the New York Giants. There's a safe ability there. And outside of Alan Lazard, I don't think Rodgers trusts any wide receiver who's not named Devontae Adams right now. And I also expect Alan Lazard to be a sleeper, boomer, bust type of wide receiver for this week. I don't believe you're going to be playing him in redraft leagues just because at this point with no buys, you probably have better options. But definitely something I would consider picking up. Definitely somebody who I would consider playing as a contrarian play in DFS tournaments, for sure. Especially in this matchup. It could be a game in which everything goes to Devontae Adams. This is true. But after Matt LaFleur last week made the comment that they believe they've been leaning too heavily on Devontae Adams since he's been back, look for them to have an emphasis to spread the ball around a little bit. Adams will still get his against the Giants. Don't get it twisted. But look for them to spread the ball around a little bit. I expect Alan Lazard to have a sneaky sleeper upside this week. On the Giants side of the ball, you start Saquon Barkley. And you start Sterling Shepard. Golden Tate didn't practice today as he's working his way through the concussion protocol. We'll see if he's able to make his way back. The big thing, though, is Evan Ingram is not expected to play. As long as that remains the case, like I said in the recap show on Monday, I believe it was, there's enough targets to go around for these three wide receivers to be fantasy relevant. In this matchup against the Green Bay Packers, I do like Darius Slayton's upside quite a bit. Now, I'm not saying this floor... But I do like his upside. This is a Packers secondary that as of late has been able to be taken advantage of. And I think with Darius Slayton and his capabilities and his explosive ability, I think he is somebody who definitely has a great opportunity to hit a home run in this game. And that's what you have to use him as. Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, they're going to be their possession, move inside, outside, glorified slot receivers themselves. Look, Usually speaking, I would say you can't play either one because you don't know which one you're going to be able to trust. But with no Evan Ingram, like I said, there's a very good chance that all three of these guys could get six or more targets in this game, and this is a plus matchup for them. So all three of them tout low-end wide receiver three type of ability this week and can be plugged into your lineups depending on what you have. That's it. Next game we want to talk about. Redskins. Carolina Panthers. Look, let's make this real simple. On the on the Redskins side of the ball, Terry McLaurin, outside of that, I'm not playing anybody else. I know this is a big plus matchup for the running backs involved, but we're still waiting to see if Chris Thompson's able to practice, if he's able to come back this week, which he might be. We still have Adrian Peterson involved, who's healthier this week than he was last week. We still have Darius Geis involved. They have split the touches almost 50-50 on the spot the past couple of weeks. I don't think that's going to suddenly change against Carolina Panthers. And as a result, Darius Geis has more of the upside. So if you're going to play one, it would be Darius Geis for me. But it's not something you can sink your teeth into. It's not a safe play. Because even in a plus matchup, because the Redskins are so bad on the offensive line, because they're so bad on offense in general, they could very easily have to punt the ball away consistently enough where the running game will not contribute. 
look, this is the Panthers offense right now that is clicking somewhat. I expect them to be able to put up big points against the Redskins and take them out of running game script, especially in the second half. So outside of Terry McLaurin, I'm not playing a Washington Redskin this week. The only way I could be convinced is Chris Thompson. If you're desperate for a flex play and you're in a full-point PPR league, I talked about this in the recap show, there's clearly cut a role for a true third down back. There is. Because the simple fact is is that Darius Geis is terrible in pass blocking. Adrian Peterson's not a pass catcher. There's clearly a role for a good pass catching back who could be a nice safety blanket for Dwayne Haskins. Now, before we jump into Carolina's side of the ball, I want to say for you guys listening and watching on Sportscaster, we will have a mailbag segment at the end of the show like we always do. And I have a few pre-selected questions. But if you're watching on Sportscaster right now and you have a fantasy football question, drop it in the chat. And when we get to the mailbag segment at the end of the show, I will answer your question as part of the episode. My way of giving back and shouting out all of the watchers and listeners of the MD Nation show. The guys, you do so much for the show and helping it grow. So I just want to point that out there real quick for you guys watching on Sportscaster right now. Thank you. Now for the Carolina Panthers. Kyle Allen, yeah, I mean, you can make the argument for him being a streaming option this week, but you could also make the argument that there's no reason to think that you can't just hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey, sit back, and watch the fireworks happen. Sit back and not have to do much else in this game to win. That would be the only thing I would be worried about. And I don't think he has big-time upside because I don't think the Redskins can keep this game competitive for four quarters, which goes a long way when trying to get upside for players, when trying to know when guys are going to be aggressive. So for me, for this game in particular, Chris McCaffrey, DJ Moore, if I have to stream a tight end, Greg Olson, you can do worse than Greg Olson this week. Not playing Curtis Samuel. Nope. Not involved in the offense enough. We saw it last week. He all these carries, he uses jet sweeps, but his targets bottomed out. And frankly, at this point, because he's so touchdown dependent to be fantasy relevant, you can't trust him at all. So don't. Play DJ Moore. Don't play Curtis Samuel at all, period. Next game up here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jacksonville Jaguars. This is going to be an interesting one. You got Jaguars defense is still good against the secondary. You have a situation here where Mike Evans, Chris Godwin in a tougher matchup, Jameis Winston in a tougher matchup where you should see a lot of pass rush in this game might not have the same ceiling that you would want them to have on a week-to-week basis. And yet, you have to play them. I mean, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, obviously. That should go without saying. But Jameis Winston, you have to play him. He might throw... Two picks in this game. He might throw three. He might throw four. Does not matter. He's going to throw for 300 yards. He's going to throw for at least two touchdowns. Against this Jaguars team, the volume is there. Ronald Jones is a flex play. He is. He's evolved enough in the passing game, especially in PPR leagues, where he is a viable flex play depending on what options that you have. Now, I would not look at this while the Jaguars have been lit up on the run in the past. I understand this. Because of the offensive line woes of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I would not look at this as a plus matchup for Ronald Jones. But I would look at it as a matchup you're not afraid of. I would look at it as a situation in which I expect him to be involved in the passing game, especially since given that this secondary is still pretty good, given that this pass rush is still pretty good, I would suspect that he will be a nice 
safety blanket for Jameis Winston in this matchup. Outside of that, that's it. That's all you're playing on Tampa Bay Buccaneers side of the ball. On the Jaguar side of the ball, Nick Foles is a mid-level streaming option. The reason why he's not a high-end streaming option is because his play on the actual field has been pathetic. He has not been good. He's put up a decent stat line the past two weeks because he's been able to put up numbers in the second half, in the fourth quarter, playing against prevent defenses. And I'm sorry, but that's not impressive. Now, for fantasy purposes, you don't care how you get it. So that's why I say he is a mid-level streaming quarterback because it does stand to reason that this is a guy looking at 280 yards or more with two touchdowns or more through the air because of how bad this secondary is and because of the weapons that he does have. I know last week was a little bit of a disappointment, but you have to play DJ Chark. And frankly, D.D. Westbrook, to me, is somebody who belongs in flex most flex lineups, especially when you're talking PPR leagues. Chris Connolly is the only guy I'm going to continue not to trust. And while he actually had a decent stat line from a week ago, D.D. Westbrook and D.J. Chark are going to be the guys that are targeted more heavily. Chris Connolly does not have a floor you can trust, and he does not have a ceiling to offer you the upside to make it worth playing him to begin with even in this match against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Leonard Fournette, I know this is a hard one for him. I know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are really good against the run, but we saw last week this guy was targeted in the double digits. He was the most targeted pass catcher on this team. As long as Nick Foles at least, he doesn't have to target him in that level, but as long as he at least targets him enough, Leonard Fournette will have 20 touches in this game one way or another. As long as he has 20 touches in this game, he will be a high-end RB2, if not a low-end RB1, even in a hard matchup. So nothing to worry about there. Next game is going to be the biggest game of the week. San Francisco 49ers, Baltimore Ravens. Fantasy-wise, a little bit of a nightmare for the San Francisco 49ers side of the ball. For a couple of reasons here. Number one, George Kittle is not a good matchup for him. Number two, Emmanuel Sanders is not a good matchup for him. I've been touting this all season long. Well, ever since I got Marcus Peters. And I was touting this all week long last week. I was telling you, outside of Todd Gurley, who also bottomed out, don't play any Ram players against this Baltimore Ravens defense right now. The same can be said for the San Francisco 49ers. This Ravens defense is competing with the Patriots for the best defense in the league playing at the moment. There is no mismatch here that the 49ers have to throw at the Ravens. Not with the way they're playing. Tevin Coleman, bench him. Emmanuel Sanders, I don't know if you're going to have a better option, but if you can, bench him. George Kittle is the only one who can play. George Kittle is the only one that you has to play because you're not going to have a better option at tight end. That's really the only reason. I don't expect Jimmy Garoppolo to have a very good week. I expect this 49ers offense, which does have a struggling offensive line, to have a real issue being able to move the ball consistently in this game. And I wouldn't trust them. Like I said, even George Kittle's case, I wouldn't have the high expectation, but you have to play him because there's no way you're better. But this is the one week where if there was ever a reason to call it into question, you would be. On Ravens' side of the ball, you play everyone. I know on paper this is a tough matchup, against San Francisco 49ers, and I probably would stay away from Marquise Brown. But I'm playing Mark Andrews. I'm playing, obviously, Lamar Jackson. I'm playing, obviously, Mark Ingram. And I can have my normal expectation. Nobody, including the San Francisco 49ers, can stop 
this physical play of this offense for the Baltimore Ravens, which is the number one offense in the NFL right now. They can't do it. They can't stop it. We saw what the 49ers do against good run games over the past few weeks. They are susceptible in that area, especially against teams with the way they play zone are really susceptible teams that can out-physical you, and that's what the Ravens can do. And that's what I expect them to do in this matchup. So I don't like this. I don't like this for 49 players at all. And with the Raven players, you play them with confidence. And I want to comment real here because I've heard a lot of people talk about Mark Andrews and mention that they're not exactly sure if he's really a tight end one anymore. I know he didn't have a big stat line last week, but this is a guy the two weeks previous had scored and scored three times in two games BTW since they came out of their bye. This is a tight end one. This is the number one pass catcher for the Baltimore Ravens right now who have the number one offense in the NFL. The opportunities are there. Play Mark Andrews. There's no reason. If George Kittle would play in your lineup every single week, same can go for Mark Andrews. I'm not saying Mark Andrews is as good as George Kittle, but the role that he's in with the offense that he is with, there's no reason to not play him. He is as much upside as anybody at the tight end position right now. And as much of a floor. So make sure you're playing him in your lineups. That's actually going to wrap it up for our preview for the games that we're going to cover in today's episode, which was the Thursday games and the early Sunday games. Remember, we'll be back tomorrow with the late Sunday afternoon games, the Sunday night and the Monday night game. But now it is time for the mailbag. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. Now, as always, what we do here is that we have pre-selected questions from people who have gotten to me on social media throughout the week, whether it be on Twitter, at MDSFFshow, on Facebook, at MDFFshow, or through the website on email, www.mdffshow.com, where you can also check out my updated rankings. Yes, week 13 is already up there for your guys' consumption. I got it out early ahead of the holiday. But the other thing we can do is that if you're watching right now on Sportscaster and you have a fantasy football question, go ahead and drop it in the chat. I will add it on and answer it at the end of this segment as part of the show. But kicking things off, we got Francia from Facebook asked, non-PPR, Devontae Freeman, Tyler Boyd, or Alshon Jeffrey? For non-PPR leagues... It's pretty hands down to me, and that's Alshon Jeffrey. And that's simply because I believe he has the best chance to score a touchdown of these three players. And it's one of the few times you're going to see me go with a wide receiver over a running back. But keeping in mind, if this was PPR, I would say go with Freeman. Because Freeman being involved in the passing game, I think, is going to be his saving grace, especially for fantasy purposes against the New Orleans Saints. But against the Miami Dolphins, in a game in which the Eagles desperately have to get that offense right, I see no reason why Alshon Jeffrey is not the man. Why Alshon Jeffrey should not have an opportunity to score in this game. So I would go Alshon Jeffrey here, Francia. Next up, Phil from email. He asked me, standard scoring in the flex, David Montgomery or Bo Scarborough? And we talked about this. We, we, I mean, this is one of the first games we hit. This was the first game we hit this episode, actually. 
David Montgomery, hands down. It's not even it's not even a contest. With David Blau there, I don't care that on paper you can like, oh well Bo might go for eighteen to twenty carries. Yeah, maybe. He might be the focal point of the offense with the third string quarterback in there. And what I have to say to that is he can't he's not gonna do anything with that offensive line against a nine man box against the Chicago Bears. He's not that good. David Montgomery has an opportunity to get 20 carries. If he gets 20 carries in this game, he will serve as a solid flex play. So it's David Montgomery, hands down for me, Phil. Next up, Roger from Twitter asks, Baker Mayfield, Nick Foles, or Ryan Tannehill this week? And for me, all my rankings, I have... Ryan Tannehill just ahead. Now, the thing that you can go with Ryan Tannehill is the fact that he has the rushing capabilities, so he's going to have a floor for you. He's been using his rushing ability more and more as of late, and that's really been opening things up for that offense in general. I expect that to continue in this matchup, and even though it's not a great one, he does have a floor. Now, if you're looking for a ceiling, then it would be Nick Foles against Tampa Bay because... It, because he has great talent in DJ Chark, because he has great talent in D.D. Westbrook, all he has to do is hit these guys in stride once and they could take it to the house. So he does have the upside if you're looking for that at the quarterback position this week against Tampa Bay. But if you're just looking for a floor, if you're just looking for a guy to get you 16 points to be serviceable through this week and you think the rest of your team can take care of the job, that would be Ryan Tannehill for me. So that would be my options there for you. That's going to do it for today's episode. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. We will be back on Friday, remember, with the late Sunday afternoon games, the Sunday night, the Monday night, and, of course, another mailbag segment from MD Nation, the fans and the listeners. I can't thank you guys enough for tuning in at this late hour on Wednesday night on Thanksgiving Eve. For those of you listening on the audio version, make sure you're following along and make sure you're listening to the podcast. Leave a comment, leave a review on your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, anywhere you go. The MD's Phoenix Football Show is widely available to you. Big shout out to Unwrap Sports and the Belly Up Sports Network who are both on Sportscaster making great content every single day. Make sure you check those guys out with leaderboards there. I will see you guys real soon on Friday. Have a happy Thanksgiving and good luck to you guys in your last regular season game in your playoff game. Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Podcasting is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Introducing the science of a podcast, hosted by Spreaker from iHeart. This weekly podcast looks at the many sides of the podcasting industry, from success, growth, and technology to the varying challenges we all face. This is one podcast about podcasting you don't want to miss. New episodes launch every Tuesday. Listen to the science of a podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.